as we can. Megan Parkin. Good, brilliant. Hi, I'm Megan Perkin, which sounds really weird because <laughs> the last time I spoke to you, um, I was Megan Walker, but then I got married to Max, and now I'm Megan Perkin, um, which is great. Um, very happy to be here with you on the final Sunday before Christmas, which is so exciting. Um, last weekend, I went to a Christmas wedding. And um, it was amazing, it was great. Uh, but the best bit was, the best man did an excellent speech. Some, you know how they are sometimes hit and miss? This one was hit, it was so good. It was hilarious, which is great. Um, and at the end of it, he was walking around. He did this quite theatrical thing and he was walking around. And then he looked at them and he'd been speaking about God's um, favor on their life. And then he looked at them and he said, for you, nothing is impossible. And I was like, oh, that's sweet, that's nice. Um, and then he said it again, he said, nothing is impossible. And I was like, okay, good, I get it. And he was like, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. He said it about six times. By the time he got to the fifth or sixth, I was like, yeah, that's true. And I knew it, but I needed to hear it five or six times. And I know they were he was speaking to them. But at that point, the Lord spoke to me. And I was like, yeah. That spoke to my heart. And then I was looking at what to speak on um, today. And I thought, obviously, it's Christmas time, so we're going to look at something to do with Christmas. And I thought, perfect, we're going to do the, when the angel comes to Mary. And um, shall I read it? I'm going to read it now. Uh, it's Luke 1, 26 to 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall name him Jesus. He will be, a, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who is called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And I was like, yes, this is the day after I've been to the wedding. And I was like, yes, it says it there. It says nothing is impossible with God. 
I was like, okay, I see what you're doing here. Um, and I loved that, and that was so affirming for me. And it felt like the, when the sixth time, when, when the best man spoke it, when I read that, it felt the same again. And I thought, I wonder how we respond to that, to how with God nothing is impossible. And I thought we could look firstly at how Mary responds. And I think from reading it a few times, I think the first is she's faithful. And the second is that she's expectant. Um, I, um, I believe I've got quite a lot of faith. Uh, maybe, maybe it goes up, up and down. But um, last year I lost my wallet, my little purse. And I know, I don't know about guys, but girls, I keep so much stuff in my little purse, like mementos and like cards that I kept from like a first date and things like that. Your, uh, our first date, only first date, no other first dates. Um, and I was, and, and like old things from like, that were really cute to me, or like a little bracelet. And I was like, oh, this is so sad. I looked everywhere. I looked in my bag, I looked in the car, I was like maybe left it at work, went to work, looked there. There was nothing, and I was like, oh, I really, like the cards and stuff, it's annoying to get new ones, but I care more about the little memento things, and it was a really nice purse. So I was like, okay, this is when faith comes into play. So I was like, I'm going to fast. That's what I'm going to do. This is how much I care, Lord. So I was fasting at lunchtime, and I was praying, and I'd been praying for ages, but that day I decided to fast, and I was praying, and I was praying. And the Lord said, um, I really clearly heard him say, it's on the side of the M4, duh. And I was like, what? Okay. Then I was like, of course it is. The two days earlier, I'd been driving friends um, into London from the M4, and one of them was desperate to go to the loo, and we were stuck in traffic. So I was like, cool, we're not really moving anyway. So I pulled into the hard shoulder. She jumped out and went to the loo. I was like, that's so strange. Okay, how did it get there? Then I was like, she was wearing my coat. Maybe that was it. I don't know. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, find it somewhere on the M4. I don't know where we were on the M4. It's quite a long motorway. But I was like, we're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to find it. So I drove out of London towards Bristol, like halfway. I was like, maybe we were halfway. Turned around, went up and around on the roundabout and came back into London. And I was like, I don't know if anyone's been there before, but it pretty much is like a road and a fence with loads of bushes the whole way. So I was like driving, being like, could be there could be there, all looks exactly the same. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to stop at that, the next tree. I like pulled in and I was like, I've come on, in faith, I'm doing this, Lord. C pulled into the, the hard shoulder, climbed through the fence, and there it was, sitting under a tree. I, lit I had no one with me, so I was like, oh! <laughs> so I picked it up and I was just like doing a little dance in the field and really happy that I found it. Um, but I was like, yes, Lord. And I felt like I'd really been faithful and been obedient. Rather than that, so it was actually, it's quite a hassle. I was like, that's so far. It might not even be there. I might not even know where to stop. And this is my, my time of faithfulness. I was like, I heard your word. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be faithful. And the Lord definitely provided. And um, with this story, I love how Mary responds in faith. To the, to, the, to the news that nothing is impossible, Mary says, okay, let's do it. I'm up for it. I'm going to be obedient. It, doesn't, it might not make sense, like on the side of the M4, but I'm up for it. Let's do it. Let it be. 
And I, I love also how um, it's so cleverly written in the way that we've just heard previous to this a story about Elizabeth and Zacharias and how he responds. He responds saying, how can I know for certain? And almost that doubt stepping, but how can I know really for certain? Whereas Mary responds to the angel saying, how can this be? She no way doubts. She just doesn't get it. He, and then the Lord says, then the angel said, anything is possible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And I love how they've done it so clearly. They're right next to each other. The faithfulness of Mary that you see in here. And it's not like angels appear all the time. It's not like Mary's like, oh, there's another one. Hey, cool. Because apparently there were massive, massive things. Quite fearful. Maybe like Dino the dinosaur to some of these little kiddles. You know, dinosaur, sorry. That, like a huge, a huge angel. And actually, this is the beginning. This is the beginning of the New Testament. There's been, there's been 430 years or so um, where the Lord has spoken at all where there's been a prophet or anything. So they're called the silent years. And so it's not like this is a day-to-day -day thing where everyone hears from the Lord, there's angels that are kind of hanging around all the time. This is something new. But Mary, in faith, says, okay, I'm up for it. Let it be. And it says, it says in that scripture, it says because she knew the word. And she had known, she had read, she had read the scripture. And she had faith because she knew her God. She knew the character of God. Um, and she knew because of the character of God that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Um, and it made me think and take me back to last, last weekend when I was thinking about this was how do I respond today that nothing is impossible And how much control do I have? Because knowing that nothing is impossible kind of throws the doors wide open. It's a bit scary. It kind of makes me feel like I have very little, little control if I really choose to, choose to believe that nothing is impossible. And so I have to have faith. I have to be faithful as we see Mary be so faithful. And what comes of that is the Son of God our saviour, as Max spoke about earlier, the king of kings. So where are we at with our faith? How do we respond in obedience to nothing is impossible? Mary was faithful. She was also expectant. Um, I, um, about a few years ago, I went to Malawi. Uh, which was great for about six months with seven people I didn't really know very well. Very different characters, but it was the most amazing time. We went to teach um, sort of AIDS education in schools there, and we stayed in like a half-falling-down house, but it was, it was an adventure. Um, and we used to have these prayer evenings because there was nothing else to do. There was, there was, there was nothing. And so we have... Um, 
<laughs> for our evenings. And this one evening, it was like the power of the Spirit was really there, and we'd fe been feeling a little bit like weary, and we really felt the Holy Spirit. And I think we had like a little speaker about this big that played music, so you couldn't sing too loud because then you'd like lose the tune because you couldn't really hear the music. But um, we'd have these um, amazing prayer evenings, and tonight there was something going on, and we were going to have um, a big supper together and it was it, it was an exciting evening and then suddenly um, normally what happens is the the electricity they need to ration it so in the night when in the middle of the night it'll go off for like four hours but you're sleeping so you don't really know um, but suddenly it was like six o'clock and the electricity just went off all of a sudden and we were like oh so annoying no music no light can't read anything can't cook any supper this is really annoying normally we would probably just go to bed but one of the girls, like the really quiet, shy one, was like, we should probably pray. And I was like, what? Who, what? Like, who, you don't speak, why? What are you saying? And she was like, she was like, maybe we should just pray. And I was like, okay. Thinking we could just be like, please, Lord, can you put the electricity back on? Amen. And she was like, no, I think we should really pray. And then she like got up, stood on a chair, stood on the chair, and she was like, let's pray together, let's pray. And she was like this new character, and she was like, Pete, this boy, you, go, you start chopping the vegetables because the electricity is going to come on. She was like, I feel like the Lord's saying seven minutes, it's going to come on in seven minutes. You, you, know, you do the salad, it's gonna, you lay the table, we're going to pray. And so she put the timer on, and we stood on the, the chairs. And we were like, in Jesus' name, we declare the electricity will come back on. And we were like praying, and I don't even know what we said, but we were praying big prayers. And the time seems to go like that, and the alarm went off. And then, I kid you not, the, all the electricity came back on. And it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I was, we were laughing. It was, the, it was an incredible night from that point on as well. And we had a delicious supper. But um, I loved how expectant she was, how it wasn't like probably not going to happen, but we should probably pray anyway, because that was that God tells us to pray for things. She was like, no, let's do it, and let's be expectant that something's going to happen. And that was just, and it, and it did happen, because of that, that expectation. And um, I'm reading a book um, by Mac Manus, and he says, it's a great, it's a great quote, <laughs> Mac Manus, not Max Manus, it's Mac Manus. <laughs> it says, sometimes the limitations you're willing to accept establish the boundaries of your existence and I had, to, I had to read it twice so I'll read it out again sometimes the limitations you are willing to accept establish the boundaries of your existence and Mary didn't there was no limitations there Mary didn't, didn't say I'm not sure well actually I'm, it's not possible so it can't really happen she was like okay Let's go. She was expectant. She knew the Lord. She knew her God. And so she was expectant. And um, skip 30 years when down the line, Jesus meets a blind beggar, Bartimaeus, and, and Bartimaeus comes up to him, and, he's, and Jesus says to him, what do you want? And he could probably say, pause, he could say, I just love just one meal, I'm starving, one meal for tonight. Or I'd love a sleeping bag, I'm really cold. What do they have in those days, not sleeping bags? A cloak, I don't know. Um, or I'd love a home, that's quite a big one. Or just to stay somewhere for the night. But he says, he, he, he asks the big question. He says, I wanna see something that's not physically normally possible to go from being blind to being able to see. 
and, and Jesus says, you are, you are now healed. Because of that, ex he was expectant. And um, what are our prayers like? Um, after, after reading that, sometimes the limitations you're willing to accept establish the boundaries of your existence. What kind of prayers are we asking that limit actually our existence? I know that I want to ask big prayers and really live and not exist. And he asks us, the Lord asks us, what do you want? And I come along being like, ooh, I'd really like um, just uh, my mum just to uh, have a really nice Christmas present this year or a really nice Christmas day. Or I'd really like my friend to get a little bit better because she's being a little bit sick. That would be really great. But actually, he says, what do, what do you want? Do you want the blind to see? Because I can do it. Because nothing is impossible. Yeah. So we've got to be faithful. We've got to be expectant, as Mary was. And I found with me that when I, um, let's rewind to maybe 14 years ago, yeah. When I first met the Lord in a real way, I was on it. I was about, so I was about 13, and everybody at school had to know about it. I was quite annoying and a little bit hyperactive, and um, I wanted everyone to know about everything. And wasn't that popular because of that. Um, and as the years went on, I realized that wasn't very cool to do that. So maybe I stopped talking as much about it. And then um, sort of became a teenager and much more aware of being cool and what's right and what's wrong to say. And then um, sort of got to university and I had an amazing time in Malawi. And so I was like, yeah, cool. And then slowly started remembering what it was like when you are a bit out there. So kind of was like, absolutely, I'm totally going for with the Lord in my room or at CU, but nowhere else out of there. Um, and I'll ask God for the, you know, nice things because he can do that because he's a really nice God. He's really kind. But actually, I found myself slowly sinking into this sort of place of my um, expectation was limited. My faith was smaller. What kind of prayers were I praying? And they were just getting smaller and smaller. But I was still, I was still a follower of Christ. I still would definitely say I was a Christian and I went to church. But I needed to be told more than six times that nothing is impossible. Because I'd forgotten it. And in this book, Wide Awake, um, it's a great bit which is so challenging and it says, and I think this is, this is for me but I think this is for other people too, um, and I think this is for people in London um, especially, it says we have confused comfort with peace, belief with faith, safety with wisdom, wealth with blessing, and existence with life. And I'm sure you agree that's not what we want. <laughs> because what God says is nothing is impossible. And I was um, praying. I was like, what do you, Lord, what do you want to say to these guys today? And just as I close, I'll read what I, what I heard. It was just, he said, wake up, O sleeper, 
nothing is impossible. I give you full life. Nothing is impossible. You were made for more. Nothing is impossible. So just as I end, I thought maybe we can close our eyes and just say, how do you respond to that? Mary was faithful, she was expectant. She, she was a game changer. How do we respond to the news that nothing is impossible with God? So let's just be quiet for a minute and then I'll, then I'll pray. Lord, we're tired of being half-hearted plodders, Lord. Help us understand the truth that with you nothing is impossible. Help us be reminded this Christmas, when we think about Jesus' birth, when we think about Mary and Joseph, I pray that all we think about is your power and the fact that nothing is impossible. Awaken that part of us, Lord, those promises that might have been squashed or forgotten, the lies that have said that that can't happen, the doubt that might have snuck in. We declare that tonight there will be a refreshing and renewing of our minds, Lord, that nothing is impossible with you. Show us what that means for our lives, for, for our friends' lives, for our families' lives, for the people around us. We're bored, Lord, of plodding and being lukewarm and just doing it because we should. Yeah, we ask that your spirit will rest in us tonight and we will go from here changed, Lord. Changed in mind, changed in heart. And we will go with you, Lord, as humble servants, but knowing your power. Yeah, we declare this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amazing. Just waiting for the microphone. Take your time. Huh? No, I need both hands up there. Magic hands. No, I'm joking. like to stand. We come now to our time of communion and um, you know all that Meigs has been talking about 
sometimes I guess you might wonder well, what, what's communion really um, all about and uh, there was a time when I also went to Africa um, I was in Madagascar as a young Christian and we took communion at the end of three months outreach there and 